of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 18th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Winner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can text us, 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. Good morning, fellas. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well. Happy Friday. How are we doing now that the end of the week has drawn to a close? Oh, kind of. As good as it's going to get. <laughs> this is this is one of the last few weekends we're, we're actually going to be like, have like not heavy set on it's our last weekend it's our, our very last well, one <laughs> well like l- l- our, our load is going to be full of stuff to do that was, that was the worst man thing. if we were on cameron and mace's podcast right now their sports <laughs> show it is what it is what do you mean by be, that this thing would have been gotten shut down by what now. do you mean by that <laughs> no but i get what you're saying say we got uh, high school football it's high school football week and yeah. then once we get through this next weekend, uh, of course, high school football on Friday, and then uh, also on Saturday. But um, then we got Shepard coming around on uh, our first weekend in October or and, September. And not to mention the WV women's soccer team played their first game yesterday. They lost to Duke. High school soccer began yesterday, and for the Panhandle teams, it'll mostly begin today and tomorrow. So you're getting into that season as well. We're not that far away from volleyball. I mean, this is when sports really start to ramp up again for for people that don't follow the MLS and things like that that just follow baseball over the summer this is this is where things start to pick up again Man, and it kind of feels a little bit like fall out there today oh, yeah. it's 70, out there this morning crisp. 74 degrees with a high of 80 today turn me up and tomorrow 83 so uh yeah it definitely does feel like fall is near school is soon well school is near school's on monday for uh, west virginia and sports around the corner and of course couldn't be uh, me. yeah no thank goodness well that, now that you school. say that i was just ch- checking the weather you know what uh next friday's high is going to be we got 91 oh well that's a pretty far so the that's, high school opener is going to be 91 degrees it, from what at least in the city of martinsburg yes that's far enough away that where i can <laughs> i feel like that could change for sure i'm not going to go necessarily with that 91 but i don't like seeing that 91 92 on monday too, as well so so. Maybe for our buddy Will from uh, West Virginia Eastern Panhandle Weather will uh, let us know if that could change or not. And he'll be on Panhandle Live today, by Ooh. the way, uh, at 9.30. But we're still recapping the EPAC Media Day from the other day that was put on uh, by Home Team Sports down in Charlestown. We went through, uh, who all did we go through yesterday? Spring Mills, uh, Washington, and, and Hedgesville Correct. yesterday. And today we're going <laughs> to get through uh, Jefferson, Martinsburg, and Musselman. So we'll start with Jefferson, because it always seems like they're kind of the the first team out looking in uh, to the top of the EPAC. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting hearing Coach's thoughts about the Quentin Goins situation because I thought it was impressive the way that Quentin handled, you know, losing that quarterback position and then having to transition to where he did. Uh, But all things considered, I think this is shaping up to be another really good season for the Cougars. Absolutely. And a a small spoiler, there's a Jefferson preview you can find uh, at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. We're going to put out our preseason poll next week. Still waiting on a couple of voters to get in. Jefferson, of the six teams, 
has the highest variable range of votes that they've received. Really? They've received, of the six possible places that they could finish, they've received votes for four different spots so wow. far. And nobody else has gotten more than two or three. So, you know, they're hard to predict. I've said I think that they have the highest floor of besides Martinsburg of any team. Uh, but other voters disagree and think that there's a bunch of different ways the season can go for Jefferson. They're going to run the ball well. I've got questions about their line, but they've got a great wide receiver core led by Keyshawn Robinson and a great culture builder and, and Coach Craig Hunter that has aspirations of them not only making the playoffs again, but hosting in the first round. And I like what Coach Hunter said during this when he was asked about replacing Spencer Powell and Isaiah Fritz and what was probably <laughs> the best wide receiver trio in the state last year. He said, hey, we're going to spread the ball around. we got guys who can play between Roper and Delgado and the backfield. They're really high over on Teddy Allen over that way, too. I'm excited to see what Teddy Allen's impact is going to be for Jefferson this year. I'm excited to see what Jefferson does. Like you mentioned, I think their floor is pretty big. they got a really good chance to be, I think, the number two team in the conference this year if things go their way. But again, you've mentioned that varying of votes. The whole, I think, the whole two through six, you could put it any way you wanted at this point. So I, I'm interested to see what it's going to fall for Jefferson, and they got a really good chance to be not even a number two team in this conference, but to host a home playoff game this year, which I'm sure Coach Hunter and that staff want to do. Yeah, that was funny. I think Luke, you asked him uh, a question about them running the ball, and he goes, "Why does everybody think we're going to run the ball? Because we don't have those guys with us anymore." But uh, I like Coach Hunter, man. I think uh, I think he's got this team set up to be pretty successful this year. And here is Coach Hunter and some of the Jefferson Cougars from EPAC Media Day. Before you took over at Jefferson, the Jefferson program, um, kind of going down, and some, you also had some plenty of down years. Um, you really built this program up to something special now. Um, the team's pretty much a contender now every single year. What about your current tenure um, as a coach uh, are you most proud of? I would just say being a Jefferson alumni is trying to put something back into Jefferson football. Um, I've been a part of the program. I graduated from Jefferson in 1990, played for Jefferson, came back in 1998. Uh, stayed there for a while, went there, went to Washington to open up Washington High School and came back to Jefferson um, with aspirations of maybe someday being the head coach of Jefferson. Um, just bringing football back to Jefferson to where people want to come to games and celebrate Jefferson High School football um, has been the best special part of my, of my tenure and watching these kids grow and move on and, and do special things either in the program and outside the program after they leave Jefferson High School. Coach, this is Akeem Holmes from Home Team Sports TV. Uh, Coach Hunter's question is for you. From the middle of the season last year, you could see that the Cougar philosophy was predicated on becoming a more physical team as the weather changed. With two amazing backs in Roper and Delgado, is it safe to say that the Cougar fans will see a much physical style of football this year as well? I think there's, there's some things that we're going to do as far as with Delgado and Tayshawn, as far as running the ball and getting the ball in their hands. But we have a lot, of, a lot of athletes on the team that are out there that we need to get the ball in the hands of. Um, another guy that everybody knows about and everybody pretty sure is going to be looking at and find out where he is on the field is Keyshawn. Um, knowing that he's on the field and everybody knowing that he's on the field, we, we are trying to find innovative ways to try to get him the ball and get him involved in the offense. We feel that he has to probably get a certain amount of touches a game or, or targets a game um, in that aspect. But I think we're still going to try to, you know, hit home with the running game a little bit with Delgado and Tayshawn back here in the backfield. Coach Jordan Nice Corner, WPM Sports. Uh, I want to look back at the what turned out to be somewhat of a short-lived quarterback battle between Harrich and Goins. 
I want to mainly focus on Goins because it took a lot, I would imagine, for a high school kid to, you know, get taken out of that starting quarterback position and then have to filter into a offensive position where he ended up having to be a key figure. So looking at that last year, looking forward, uh, the growth in Quentin, how have you enjoyed watching that? And of course, what's his uh, job going to look like a little bit this year? Uh, you know, the whole situation that happened last year, you know, nobody saw it coming. We just kind of figured that we you know we were going to go with Quentin and stay with Quentin. Things just didn't pan out that way. Um, it showed a lot of maturity in Quentin to be able to come back, bounce back, and do what he did. Not only be um, stellar offensively forced down the stretch and in the playoffs, but also to come in defensively and play that defensive end spot and hold down that D-line for us and actually put himself as a name, as a defensive end in the state of West Virginia right now. Um, and getting looks from colleges in that position. Um, you know, he's done a great job in his maturity level as a high school kid, not just crumbling and falling by the wayside in that situation. So I applaud him for that. And I look for him to um, do some big and bigger, bigger and better things this year for us on the D-line and hopefully in the H-back tight end spot. And then with Herrick, how's he looking? Um, presuming he's going to be your quarterback kid. Yeah, right now, you know, you're looking at Herrick, Herrick being the quarterback right now. Um, that's what we're planning on going into the season. Um, hopefully, you know, barring the injuries, you know, hopefully he can stay there. Um, but, you know, we got – hopefully, maybe we might have some wrinkles in there that nobody's ready for, so you never know what's going to happen. Coach, uh, offensive line, you're going to probably run the ball a lot and generate some touches around the line of scrimmage, jet sweeps, screens, things like that. You know, you need a mobile and athletic offensive line. You've lost a couple of people from a season ago. Uh, what are the characteristics that define this unit and uh, who are some of the guys that have stepped up for you? Um, I'm just trying to figure out, y'all just saying we're going to run the ball a lot because we lost Spencer and Isaiah and those guys. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we leaned on the run a little bit last year, uh, although we did have some, some stellar guys on the outside and, and in the slot. Um, the guys that have stepped up this year, you know, we had three returning guys uh, coming back with um, Michael Graham, Jared Wilberger, and at the end of the season, Adam, Adam Shively also did another thing for the team and stepping in and playing offensive line for us. Um, one of the main kids that stepped up was um, is Kip Waldeck has stepped up to play center. Um, and then we have another young man by the name of Nathan Mercer who's also stepped up um, to move into the other guard spot. I mean, those guys have been working hard. Um, you know, there's two new guys added into that group. Um, so they're trying to gel, trying to still get the cohesiveness together, getting into the first game. We got a scrimmage Saturday. So, you know, we'll go into the scrimmage Saturday trying to see how, how things are rolling into the first week of the first game. But I think they're doing a great job. I mean, they've been doing a good job in practice, handling everything we've been throwing at them. So um, I think they're doing a good job to handle what we what we need for them to do this year. Well, well Coach, you mentioned some of those guys that, that you lost last year in Prince and Powell and Tools, and even going back a year before, Sammy, a lot of these guys are going to a program that you're familiar with in Shepton. Have you been able to keep up with them in camp and uh, as they transition to the collegiate level? I've talked to a couple of them. Um, I mean, mainly, mainly the one I talked to, I talked to Sammy a lot. And Sammy Connor, because Sammy's playing quarterback, he can give me some insight on what the other guys are doing because sometimes he's throwing the ball to them. And they seem like, from Sammy, it seems like everybody's doing a great job. I mean, they're all doing great jobs. They're, they're making moves. And hopefully, you know, within the next year or two, I'll get to see them on the field at Shepard and at my old alma mater. So. Can you please introduce your five players? Keyshawn Robinson, Nasir Jacobs, Tayshawn Roper. Come on, Quinn. Direct this first question to Dylan Herrick. Uh, you were forced into action last season as a sophomore and did a very good job. I'm now going into year two and question starter. How does it feel to be able to go into the season knowing you are the starter? And how has that impacted you becoming the leader on the team? 
I mean, it feels great. Always feels good coming in as a starter. I feel like I impacted the team by just bringing the energy and just trying to make everybody a better player. Well, Keyshawn, of course, one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy in the state of West Virginia. So that puts a pretty big target on your back coming into the season. Are you ready to handle that pressure that comes with that? Yes, sir. How has the offseason been? You guys are going to be getting double-team, triple-team. I mean, is that what you've been working on this whole offseason to get ready for? They can't keep up with me. That's my only thought. They can't keep up with me. Like, I think either way, they double-team or not, like, just try to find some other way to give me the ball. Being a running back, either it don't really matter. For Tayshaun, Coach talked about you putting on a little bit of weight during the offseason, but maintaining that speed. Uh, can you talk about what that process was like building up your body but not uh, costing any of your mobility? Uh, you know, after after track season, I got with a guy, helped me put on some weight, but also maintain my speed. So I lift, I lift about three days a week, and uh, I would also do speed work one one to two times a week too. So I wouldn't just be putting all this, all this weight, sloppy weight, you know. So I got ready for the season, put on a couple of pounds, run up in the middle, outside too. Low versatility. So, well, speaking of that versatility, so it sounds like you're going to line up. We'll see you in the backfield, right? We'll see you maybe play a little yep. bit in the slot and some corner as well. Um, which position are you excited to play the most? Well, you know, my favorite position, running back. So obviously that, but like, I'm not going to be mad. Throw me on the slot, give it different looks and stuff. So defense not always doing the same thing. You know, don't really matter. Quinn, your coach talked about the maturity that you showed transitioning from quarterback early in the season to turning into a defensive end and a weapon in the passing game. Take us through that for you from your experience having to deal with going from starting as a quarterback, now being an important defensive player coming into this season for Jefferson, now feeling a lot of college offers for it too. What's that journey been like? Oh, well, at first I was a little hurt, you know, kind of wanted to be a QB so bad, but, you know, everybody told me I was too big. So, like, the games I messed up, you know, I just had to come back, help my team out. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good journey. Well, Dylan, you got a lot of fast guys running on that offense. How is it trying to get the ball out to everybody so everybody's happy in that huddle? It's pretty easy, honestly. I feel like everybody's open. That's uh, the Jefferson Cougars at EPAC Media Day the other day, and uh, a lot of of interesting stuff said there, especially, I mean, with this team, they're so fast. I mean, like we were talking about while we were listening back to that, uh, I mean, it's a track team from start to finish on this team. I think everybody runs like a 4-2, a 4-3, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but I, I'll be curious to see how it shapes out at, by the end of the season, how everyone has been able to get their shine, how the ball has been able is able to be distributed, because there's a lot of really good athletes, a lot of really good recruits, a lot of guys that want to get some tape this season, right? But not everybody can have the ball at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that's going to be key. It falls on Harris's shoulders. I mean, quarterback growth is something that's going to define, obviously, every team in the conference, but especially Jefferson and Spring Mills. We've talked about that a lot. Um, and I'm excited to see the depth that's going to emerge because what's interesting about the season for Jefferson is they've got a lot to prove, but they also have a lot of guys. You have Rockwell, who's battling with Harris for the quarterback position, although it's Harris's job, is somebody that long-term is going to be a very good quarterback for them. Tony Allen is somebody that they're raving about who was in JV last year and, and grew six inches in the offseason uh, who, who can be a, a, an elite playmaker. So this Jefferson team, and this is what's important under under Coach Hunter, you know, when they had a generational talent in the high school level and Sammy Roberts, 
You know, anybody can get Sammy Roberts to the playoffs, but only a good coach can build that consistency and that stability. That's what Craig Hunter has done with moving from him to Harwich with that, that going stop there in the middle. And it looks like they're going to have prolonged success as well, which is something that they haven't had in Shenandoah Junction in a while. So while this team is going to be so much fun to watch, and if you blink, you might miss something. Yeah. That's how fast they are. They also are built to sustain long-term success. Yeah, this team's got a lot of great pieces between Harwich coming in at quarterback, developing as the season went on. Robinson, who you can argue is arguably the best player in the state right now and the best prospect in the state. And the schedule they got right now, I think it's favorable down the stretch, especially the second half of the season. The first half, it can get a little brutal. The Spring Mills game, I know Spring Mills is coming to try and make a point that this year is going to be finally the year they get over the hump and get into the playoffs. You're taking on Sharando on a Thursday, which you got to go at Sharando, and that's a team you fell against last season. Spring Valley at home after that, and then you get Martinsburg after that. I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag. The Hedgesville game is going to be an important one, but you get that at Jefferson. Musselman is at Jefferson once again this year, and I'm sure the Cougars are looking for payback from last year's home loss against Musselman. And down the stretch, the schedule is favorable. So I, I'm really expecting some big things once again from Jefferson this year. Well, text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. Coming up after the break, we'll listen back to the words from the Musselman-Appleman football team at EPAC Media Day on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Text us 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. I'll be honest with you, fellas. I'm surprised at the uh, lack of opinions on some of these uh, uh, some of these press conferences we've listened back to from EPAC Media Day, but you can always text us 304-263-4321. We just listened back to Jefferson. Now let's get into the Appleman because, well, it seems like they're always number two in this EPAC race. And I think with the addition of Eli Fleming, of course, barring his adjustment to uh, official adjustment to EPAC football when he really gets out there against another team, right? But I think with the addition of Eli Fleming, that gives them that that set quarterback piece again that they can really make something happen this year. Yeah, there's two ways to look at Musselman for me. You, you know, number one, they lose one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the program, one of the best wide receivers in the history of the program, and two of the better defensive tackles in recent memory for Musselman. And a lot of people around the state have seen that and not given them high expectations coming into the season. But those people don't necessarily know that Eli Fleming's even transferred right. in, let alone how good he is, let alone how good Troy Wollaston is, let alone this entire offensive line is coming back last year, led by Dennis Pike, who we got to see at Media Day, who's an animal. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's two versions of the Musselman story that's being told. And I think, it to frankly, it comes down to people that know what they're talking about that are around the program and those that don't. Their schedule's tough. But their schedule was tough last year, and they went eight and four, and they had a home. Uh, they went seven and three in the regular season, and had a home playoff game at Beat Wheeling Park. So there are a lot of people betting on Musselman, including the Appleman, betting on themselves. Uh, and I'm excited to see as far as Fleming can take them, and what Troy Wollaston can evolve into this year. The biggest thing I think for Musselman, if they want to make a deep run once again, is they got to find a way to have that pass rush be really good. I think a lot of the concerns is going to be a rebuilt secondary in 2023. If Troy Wollston is the reincarnate of Julius Peppers like we think he can be, I think he could be absolutely dominant and have a lot of great success for that line, open up things. Apparently Dennis Pike's going to be playing on the defensive line as well this year. I'm excited to see what he does on that end as well as being a stout side on the right of the offensive line. And Eli Fleming too. Yeah, that's the big centerpiece of this offense. You bring him in, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. 
So who do you think a high school kid would uh, know first? Julius Peppers or Cordell Stewart? <laughs> I mean, I would think Julius that, Peppers, right? That, admittedly, that question has been removed from the tape. But if, you, if you've seen that clip on, uh, on Home Team's YouTube channel, that was a great moment for Media Day. Well, here are the Muscleman Appleman from EPAC Media Day. Coach Thomas, J.D. Fritz, uh, Home Team Sports. Last year you were led by two All-State players in Dave Hartman, Ray Adamas. Who do you foresee uh, stepping up this year as kind of playing those roles that those, those two guys played last year? Yeah, well, I mean, everything starts at the quarterback position. You know, it's kind of the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, and I believe that everything kind of trickles down a little bit. You know, college is driven, and now, you know, high school is starting to kind of get to that way too a little bit. Um, you know, you, you're not going to replace a Baden Hartman. You know, you, you come in and, and he threw for threw for – 2,000 yards, ran for 1,000 yards, like that's pretty stinking good. Uh, you know, you're not going it, to, you're not going to really replace his skill set. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Eli Fleming transferred in for us this year um, from Williamsport, Maryland. And, uh, you know, he, he moved in uh, right at the end of January. Uh, it was right around Super Bowl weekend. So it was right around the end of January, start of February. And Eli's really gelled and really clicked. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of has taken that role on that bait. He's, he's very similar to Baden in a lot of ways um, on the field. You know, I, we're not going to ask him to bait him. Sometimes last year was our fullback, was was our was our ground and pound guy. Which you know we won't do that as much with Eli. Uh, but at the same point, they're very similar in their leadership styles. Uh, they both work really hard, uh, and they both really kind of are, are uplifting to their teammates. You know, Baden uh, Baden led the state last year in high fives. Baden would always every time somebody came back to the huddle, man, Baden would be the first one out there high fiving his linemen, his receivers, and Eli does that really well too. Where just you know sometimes that little stuff, you don't have to be the Loudest, most vocal guy, but um, you know he'll he'll really step up doing that. As far as receiver goes, uh, yeah, same thing. You know, Ray's Ray was the Ray was the fastest guy in the state, right? Fastest guy in every single game that we played, other than Wheeling Park because they had the Hawkins kid. But uh, you know, Ray Ray was just a different skill set. But you know, really. All the years I've been at Muscleman, this is the most depth we've had at receiver. So, you know, last year a lot of times it was Ray, and then you kind of, you know, not really fell off, but, um, you know, he was just so far above everybody else. He was pretty good. This year we got four, five, six guys that, you know, we can rotate in, we can put in that – it's tough as a receiver because sometimes, you know, you might go in a game, you might have one or two catches, and it might be somebody else's night, and the next week it might be yours. But, you know, we feel really good about our, our receiver depth this year. Coach Jordan Icemore, WPM Sports. Uh, Two-part question for you here. Of course, with Eli coming from Washington County, Maryland, the level and the style of football is a little bit different there than it is over here in Berkeley County. So how do you think he has started to uh, show how he can play against Berkeley County and West Virginia-type talent? And also, on the other side of things, Troy Wollaston. I mean, he's the one that people, I think, are really going to be looking at on that defensive end position to make a lot of noise. So uh, in regards to those two players, really your two cornerstones, I'd say, on either side of the ball, how do you think things are starting to gel? Yeah, Eli, uh, you know, when, when they moved in and I met him and his parents, you know, one of the first things I told them is, is kids are kids. They all got, well, I mean, shoot, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get kind of a semi-old head now, so I don't even know half the, half the stuff they get on. Everybody's got Snapchat. Uh, you know, everybody's talking. It doesn't matter if, from, if you're from Williamsport, Martinsburg, Jefferson, uh, Musselman. You know, everybody's – kids are kids, and, and kids respect other kids that work hard. You know, especially, you know, Musselman, um, kind of the first question, the physicality and the hard-nosed mentality. And, and, you know, that's the one thing that I told Eli and his parents when I first met him. I said, hey, if he comes in and works hard, uh, he's going to demand respect just, you know, because his teammates are going to see the effort 
that he puts in. So, you know, even though the styles are different, you know, kids are kids, and I think he's earned that respect from a leadership standpoint with his hard work. Uh, Troy, man, Troy's a different beast. Uh, Troy's just kind of a, a, a different dude, uh, you know, really with everything he does from, the, from an offensive standpoint. You know, he kind of gets overlooked from an offensive standpoint as well. But, you know, last year against Jefferson, uh, he had a, a, you know, that layout catch that was down at the one or two yard line that we ended up punching in that, you know, was, was a huge point in the season for us. Uh, you know, but, but Troy's one of those kids that, you know, you can play him as a, as a tight end on offense. You can flex him out of receiver. He had a receiving touchdown last week uh, against Frankfurt just on a little uh, jailbreak slip screen. So uh, he actually, he, he showed some moves. Made some guys miss. You know, he's going to want to make sure we all know that, that he's got the move. He's got a little bit of those moves too. But, uh, you know, defensively, though, like you said, I think he makes his mark because, you know, he – you can put him out of that defensive end. He plays the he plays the pass well. I mean, he gets to the quarterback. If he doesn't get to the quarterback, I don't think I've coached a player. Um, in my 17 years I've been at Musselman, I don't think I've seen a player that knocks as many passes down um, just with his length and his size and his athleticism with getting those arms up. And, you know, some of that's his basketball background to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, Troy's, Troy's going to be a problem. But at the same point, we're really deep defensively. So if somebody decides, and it's going to happen this year, somebody's going to come out and double team him, uh, get pressure on him, that we're going to be able to, to do some different things to get to the quarterback in some different ways. Eli, we'll bring Eli up. You guys ask, uh, ask a lot of questions about him. So he's, you know, Troy, bring Troy up. Braden Miller. Okay, Dennis White. Um, and Eli, you led a Williamsport team to one of their most successful seasons in a long time uh, over in Washington County. So building off of that season, how do you feel you can translate your game from Washington County over to Berkeley County, West Virginia, where things are a little bit quicker, a little bit more physical? Yeah, obviously, like, the competition's, like, big difference. But I think, like, just, like, working with the guys I have around me, I've created, like, a great bond with every single one of them, I think. So I think uh, just like using the teamwork together, I think that that's how we build off what I had last year. Troy, you picked up multiple offers this summer as a defensive end. Um, what about that position do you feel works for your skill set that's allowed you to become one of the best uh, you know, defensive players in the state? Uh, it's definitely my speed. I feel like when I'm going against the bigger guys, I'm really lengthy and I have, you know, my first step's really good. So it's hard for them, even if I, if even if they do get out there, I can cut under them. So my speed, every lineman I went against has always told me I'm super fast. And my defensive coach this year has told me win with speed, win with speed, and then go to a counter move. So that's definitely the biggest thing. Uh, Dalton, you're changing quarterbacks now, obviously. How does that change your role in the offense? Obviously, not much. Uh, I'm sure you're going to scramble a little bit, but no, not as much of a mobile quarterback. You're going to run more routes. You know, are you are you pass protecting a little bit more this season? Are you going to get more carries? How is how is your role changed? Uh, I say I'd probably get more carries since Baden, Baden got the ball a lot, and I'm going to be <laughs> pass blocking for him, so he could pass them the ball and everything. Dennis, I wanted to ask you about this. All five returners starting for the offensive line this upcoming year, and potentially be playing nose guard as well for Musselman this year. I think the lines look to the upcoming season compared to the lines across the state where you guys think you stack up at. Uh, I just think we're a lot stronger, uh, personally, because like we've been in the weight room like nonstop pretty much. If you walk into our weight room, we the entire line has their own section, and we're just like nonstop getting after it. Um, you can ask Xavier. Uh, no matter what we're lifting, we're always getting on each other because, like, we always say you're not lifting enough. So, like, I just feel like our strength and, like, um, also our communication is, like, really up there. So, I feel like that's what we really excel at. It seems like it's always Marksburg and Musselman year in, year out, or at least on the minds of a lot of people around the area. Do you feel like this year this is the type of group that can, you know, take that next step and maybe 
knock off the crown of the Bulldogs? I mean, we've always been doubted no matter what. I mean, we, we could win a state championship and people would still say next year we're going to be terrible. So we don't really listen to what people say. We just come in with the mindset it's us versus everybody. We're just going to go out there and worry about us. And that's all we can do. And if we do that, we're going to win. And that was the Musselman Appleman and EPAC Media Day the other day. And the voice you just heard at the end was Troy Wollaston. And I think uh, pressure's not the right word, but I think he's got the most upside coming into this season with the, his athletic ability, with his size. I mean, I think he's going to be, and like Coach said, of course he's going to be a force to re- be reckoned with on the defensive side at the defensive end position because he was just so dominant there last year. But especially on the offensive side this year, of course, you got to bring it up that he's had that knee injury last year, so you don't know if that's ever going to come back and how things have healed and things like that. But barring any of that, and if he presumably stays healthy, I think he could turn out to be one of the top five players in the state this year. I agree. I think he's a Division One talent, and I would go a step further to say he's not that far off from being a Power Five talent. You know, I'd love for him to be somebody that the Mountaineers keep an eye on. Uh, because he's somebody that's incredibly versatile defensively. You know, I mean, he, he could put on a ton of weight and be a three-point stance guy. He could drop. He'd be a, a, a rush linebacker, and frankly, he's athletic enough to drop into coverage. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, so is Aiden Fleming. And we've kind of joked, you know, who's going to be the best? I'm excited to see both of them play this year and see if we can pick a winner between the two. But at the end of the day, I, I find it hard to believe that there's a, a, a pair of edge talents, and I know they're not just edge rushers. They can do whatever they want. Uh, that is better anywhere else in the state, maybe even in this region. So I, I, I think that he's going to propel this defense. You know, I remember the, the one game we did last year, I mentioned it during the broadcast, and then I put it out on Twitter. We had a, a, a Troy Wollaston supercut because of how many passes he deflected, <laughs> yeah. sacks, TFLs, quarterback hits, hurries. I mean, he's one of those guys that affects a play as a defender about 80% of the time, which is just about unprecedented. Uh, so you put him with Eli Fleming, Logan Shelton, Braden Miller, who made some big plays in that Morgantown high game last year, an experienced offensive line. And people need to not overlook Musselman because you'll get burned. Yeah. Yeah. And Troy Wollaston's one of those guys, we call them game wreckers. And if he gets going, he is going to give the other team a nightmare the entire game. If you don't put two guys on him and block him, which that opens up guys to get more looks on the defensive line for Musselman to maybe get one-on-ones, maybe to be able to sneak through and get a clear lane to the quarterback or to stop a run play from getting really going. But they've they've got the pieces, I think. The depth, I think, is fantastic. You heard Coach Thomas say this is the deepest wide receiver room he's had in 17 years in coaching Musselman. It's it's exciting. Now, is there's not a Ray Adamas on this team, I think, at the wide receiver position, but there are guys who can really contribute in Miller and Shelton leading the charge for those guys. But, man, the schedule, again, it's going to be a gauntlet. And you could say a lot of the bounces went Musselman's way last season, winning against Morgantown, getting Jefferson by a point on the road. There were moments where the bounces, you could say, went Musselman's way. Now you look at the schedule. You've got to go at Pony Lewis in week three. You've got to take on Loudoun Valley out of Virginia. That's traditionally a pretty good program. They went, I think, 6-5 and five last year. You got to go at Cabell Midland, which that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Parkersburg, which I'm sure they're a little trying to get back to what they used to be. It, it's a tough ride, and I trust Coach Thomas and this team to get through this schedule. But it, it's it's grueling, man. They've got to have some of those games where it goes their way once again, and it bounces for them to get back to the playoffs. But I'm confident in them to be able to do so in some way or fashion. Well, text us three zero four two six three four three two one. How you feel about the Appleman's chances this year? Do you think this is the year that they can finally? Upset the uh, apple cart, if you will, and take out the Bulldogs at the top spot. Text us, 304-263-4321. And speaking of the Bulldogs, we'll get to listen to them and talking about the uh, the the thoughts 
of especially uh, the coaching staff of the Bulldogs at the EPAC Media Day after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Ice Warner alongside with Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. We're getting all ready for high school football season and going back and listening to some of the clips from the EPAC Media Day. Again, uh, put on by Home Team Sports just the other day. So we've listened to Jefferson. We just listened to Musselman, and we got a texter during the break that said, Musselman, dot, 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 still the same Appleman. Hyped up big and will fail to meet that high hype. They will be as good as they will be good. Uh, but as usual, Martinsburg will boat race them. So what do you think out there? 304-263-4321. Is this the year that the Appleman could upset the Bulldogs? And fellas, we'll listen to the uh, Bulldog tape here in a second, but... I don't know. I mean, those guys look big. When you got Rashad Reed, I mean, holding court right in the middle of that table, and then you got Murphy Clement next to him, those boys look like they're ready to have yet again another incredible season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at between Murphy Clement and Coy Fagan, two different Division One prospects. You're looking at two D1 prospects and Wesley Hancock and Rashad Reed, and not to mention EJ Hendricks having a really good season. You've got a Division One prospect on the outside in Cash S. Gideon, and Sarad Musgrove is coming off of a really, really good offseason. So, I mean, the entirety of this starting offense could play in college, and half of it could be playing at the Division One level. So this is one of the more talented teams. I mean, it's going to be hard to top a Tyson Bajan, Gerard Bowie, Martinsburg team, but this is one of the more top-to-bottom talented teams that Martinsburg's ever had. You throw Dave Walker back into that mix, and yep. they're going to be tough to beat. I've said it once. I've said it a, a hundred times, and we've got a Martinsburg article coming out soon. They haven't lost an EPAC game since 2007. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> Wild. I mean, there had there has to be, I mean, they have to be one of the most dominant teams in like the country yeah. throughout the years when, at this point, yeah. right? When their winning streak was snapped, game two under Britt Sherman, at the time it was the second longest winning streak in the country. Yeah. So yeah, they. I mean, that's why they're getting gaining notoriety and playing teams like Clarkson North in a game that we'll have here on WEPM and WCSD. It's, I mean, the, this this profile of the players that they're putting into college and the games that they continue to win. Yeah, and we were able to ask Coach uh, Walker about this while we were at him over the place, about what his thoughts were about this more this regional type of schedule that Coach Sherman wanted to implement. And it was, it was an interesting response from what he had for that. And you look at the schedule, you see Clarkson North, you see Stonebridge at Ashburn, that's a really good team, Woodson out of D.C., and these schedules and stuff. It, that might have been the Achilles heel of why maybe Martinsburg wasn't able to win that state championship last year because they, maybe they were just so beat up by the end of the season. They played Highland Springs, who they play in the middle of the season this year as well. It's those out-of-state games. I don't know if it cost them. I, I'm not too sure, but you got to think playing teams of that high quality at some point, sacrifice, go on the road against Huntington, was that enough to sink their chances of a 10th state championship? Yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. But I think they uh, are looking like the same old, same old Martinsburg team that's out there ready to dominate the EPAC yet again. Coach Thomas, J.D. Fritz, uh, home team sports. Last year you were led by two All-State players and Dave yeah. Hartman, Ray Adamas. Who do you foresee uh, stepping up this year as kind of playing those roles that those, those two guys played last year? Yeah, well, I mean, everything starts at the quarterback position. You know, it's kind of the NFL's a quarterback-driven league, and I believe that everything kind of trickles down a little bit, you know, college. By the coaches for the Martinsburg Bulldogs, we have uh, Coach Walker, Coach Sherman, and 
Coach Waters. Coach Waters, nice to meet you guys. Pleasure to have you. Uh, first question for Coach Walker. Um, it has been and become increasingly difficult for this program to fill out 10 game schedules as of late. Um, this season, that, diff that difficulty led you into a Saturday game in Ohio versus a prep school from Canada. Um, tell us a little bit of how that game came to fruition and what type of scout report you have on that team. Well, I'm going to. Uh refer Coach Sherman to that question because he's the one that scheduled a game and actually um, had interaction with the sponsors and the people who set that thing up. So, Coach? So, we started talks with Clarkson North about two years ago, and um, we weren't sure that they were accredited. We weren't sure if the SSAC actually recognized them as a school. So, I think uh, that's how I think the Highland Springs game came about that year to where we filled the schedule uh, instead of playing Clarkson with them. And we, we talked to a couple of different showcases this year. And, and um, you know, we were supposed to play in a showcase up in Western Pennsylvania the 2020 year, and that fell through. So Ironton, Ohio, reached out um, with their showcase. And their stadium's one of the oldest in the nation, Tanks Memorial. So we thought it would be pretty interesting to travel and, and play out there. So they tried to match us up with a team that was, you know, similar to uh, us and size and, and things like that. So they found Clarkson and we, we started researching some, talked to them a little bit, and, you know, we agreed to, to play them at, at Tanks out in Ironton. So. Coach Walker, Jordan Ice Warner, WPM Sports. Uh, of course, you were at Concord before coming back to Martinsburg. How has the transition back to high school football been? And has uh, Coach Sherman been a, a good host welcoming you back into Martinsburg? Yeah, he's been great. Um, uh, the transition's been good. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, you, you, you took a vacation, a little extended vacation, but then you come back home, it, it's home. Um, I think the first few weeks I was there, I got kind of acclimated to what was going on and got used to and getting to know and building a relationship with players. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, been a good, it's been a good move, and I'm excited to be back home. And how was the ending of your tenure over at Concord? I mean, last year we finished the season nine and two, really close to making the national playoffs. Uh, first or second nine plus win season in like 35 years. We had a great year, um, but at the end of the day, um, for me personally, it was more of a personal decision that I, I really wanted to just get back to the Panhandle and get back home. And uh, and in Division two football is not what people think it is as well as far as the uh, at the end of the day, college football is a business, and if you don't have the right resources, it's hard to stay in business. So for me, I felt like uh, at my point in my life, I needed to be at the place that I'm the most happiest. Those life is too short not to be happy. Parker Stern, WPM Sports. Coach Sherman was quoted earlier saying that he wanted to bring the Bulldogs brand to a regional level during his tenure. Coach Walker, do you see that the same way? And what's the balance between having a challenged regional schedule to putting yourself in a position to win a state championship in the West Virginia ranks? Me and, me and Coach Sherman might differ a little bit on this, and I respect what he's done with the schedule and who they played and things like that, but my goal is to do what's best for my players. And, and the goal is to, be, to go deep into the postseason and to be able to set yourself in a position to end the season where you want to be. And if you get yourself all beat up during the season, it's hard to achieve that goal. So. And, and, and I'm not saying I, – and I enjoyed watching the games they played, but for me it's about doing what's best for our players. I don't think it's fair for our guys to play against private schools. 
I don't think it's fair our guys to play against kids that have NIL deals. And I don't think it's fair for our kids to play against schools that get to recruit the whole city of Richmond or, or whatever area they're in. And we're sitting here in Martinsburg. So I'm going to do what I think is best for our kids and our program and our school. And people can judge it however they want to. I mean, I've been doing it a long time. And um, I mean, we'll, we'll play anybody. You know, definitely anybody in the state will play anybody if it's on equal footing with us. But I'm not going to put our kids at a disadvantage just so I can say that we're playing a national schedule. I, I don't care about that. First question is going to be for Rashad Reed. Um, Rashad, you've been dominating sports for the Martinsburg Lions since your arrival, picking up multiple offers over the summer and now committing to Elon. Uh, How's that commitment taking the pressure off of you going into your senior season? Um, it hasn't. I mean, I know as a senior, I still have to work. Still have to grind, still have to try to go for the championship, and I still got to be successful with me and my teammates. So. Well, Murphy, of course, again, coming back in as one of the top players in the state, people are going to be keying on you pretty much every game, and I'm sure at this point in your career, people might think that they have the, the scouting report on Murphy Clement. Is that true going into this season? Um, I mean, to me, like, people are, think they, like, can know what I'm doing, but, like, Coaches know that people are going to know that what we're doing, but they're just putting it in, in new stuff every day and every week, so we're just going to do what we need to do. Uh, for Coy, then, it seems like we're going to see you line up all over the field. Uh, what's that going to look like? What positions are you the most excited to play? Oh, for me, um, running back is new, but I like, I like running because I run a quarterback also, but it's just a different view of the game. It's just nice. Uh, Sarai, you had a pretty interesting offseason, you know, representing Team USA in the flag, flag football tournament and stuff. Um, congratulations on winning that. Um, now we're on the tackle. So what about Friday Night Lights are you most excited about and going into your senior year? And, and you're back kind of – you were hurt last year. This is kind of like a part two question. Uh, hurt last year. You're back in the mix. Uh, you know, an offense, you're more known for deep DB, but now you're going to get a little more playing time getting receivers. So talk about, you know, well, I say, like, it's not really a change because I've been on offense a good bit, but mainly at practice, I just used to wear a little club. But, <laughs> yeah, so I think we could see, some, uh, could see something there coming from the offensive side, yeah. And again, that's the Martinsburg Bulldogs at the EPAC Media Day this week. And we'll step aside real quick. We'll come back, get the guys' reactions, and get Parker's picks after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. Again, you can text us 304-263-4321. So just there a minute ago, we were listening to the Martinsburg uh, tape from EPAC Media Day. Uh, I mean, Martinsburg's going to be Martinsburg, right? They're going to be the big dogs. They walked in like they were the big dogs, and uh, it was interesting to see uh, how they handled this EPAC Media Day. But they got an interesting situation that, again, I think they're going to be able to navigate pretty well and work the, their way into a good season with all these athletes, man. It's impressive how they're able to uh, kind of shift things around and are able to be as successful as they have been. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the concern for me with them is I, I'm interested to see how they handle the schedule, and I was interested when, when Britt scheduled these games to see how far he could take this team and what Coach Walker is able to do with Coach Sermon's schedule. Uh, what happens if this team loses three games, all the out-of-state teams? Because right now you've got nine games on the schedule. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you go undefeated in the PSAC. 
or PSAC, the EPAC, and then in your four games, which are against out-of-state opponents, let's say you drop three of them. A 6-3 and three Martinsburg team with three out-of-state losses is probably going to be a road team in every round of the playoffs. And we saw what happened last year. It meant they lost to Huntington. So that's what's concerning for this team right now. With that said, Clarkson North didn't have a great season last year. They had a sub-500 record, but they played a really tough schedule, obviously. I mean, the flip side of that is if this team rolls through that schedule, they go 8-1 and one or 7-2 and two or whatever, there's nobody in the state that's going to be able to touch them. And, and I think that's the, the, the medium in which they're going to play this season. Yeah, looking at the schedule for Martinsburg, it's going to be one that's going to test them big time. Of course, the Clarkson North game is going to be a tough task for this team to go up against. Stonebridge, too, I think we're underestimating how good of a program Stonebridge is. And over the past decade, Stonebridge has not won double-digit games in the regular season only once. Hmm. This so that Stonebridge is really, really good as well. I think they can handle their business in their end conference games again. Martinsburg's the top class of the EPAC until somebody can prove they can beat them in a regular season game, in my opinion. I think I think right now in conference, I think they're going to have a good chance to run away with it once again. It's just these out of it's, uh, these out of conference games against Stonebridge, against Clarkson North, against a Highland Springs that you got to play later on to this season. Are you going to be able to steal some of those games, or is it going to be the same narrative as last season that you get yourself in a situation where you have to go on the road against a Huntington? a hurricane, a Cabell Midland potentially, and you got to make a long trip and it ended up ultimately costing you a state title. I think that's the biggest thing. The talent's there. It's how big of a test this out-of-conference schedule is for Martinsburg. It's going to tell if they win a state title or not. Well, let's look at it this way because I think we all can agree that we think Martinsburg's going to be pretty good again this year. But is there is there a team in the EPAC that could beat them this year? Do you yeah. think there's anybody that's set up that can knock them out? I do, and I've said it before. That there's a different way that every team can attack this team and be successful. For Washington, they could hit them with a lot of things they aren't expecting because nobody knows what to expect from them. From a Spring Mills perspective, they are very, very good defensively and could make them uncomfortable. Hedgesville's got some elite athletes that in one-on-one situations could make you pay, just like Mar- uh, Musselman when they played two really good quarters against Martinsburg last year. Musselman may have the best quarterback in the state in Eli Fleming, and Jefferson's got a high floor where if they play ball control and run the ball a lot, they could as well. Am I expecting any of those things to happen? Maybe not, but I'm just saying that there's a better blueprint this this year than there's been in the last couple of years for a team to try to dethrone Martinsburg in the conference. Uh, So they're going to get every team's best, and the conference keeps getting better, and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's the same way. Uh, you got to have a really good offensive line and defensive line to contend with Martinsburg because, again, their lines are fantastic. If I were to pick one team, I think Musselman has the best chance just because I feel the most confident in their offensive line and defensive line outside of Martinsburg. But, again, it's going to be really tough. I Genuinely, I can't see any team in the EPAC beating Martinsburg this season. Well, text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. Parker, we got two minutes, so what do you got on Parker's picks? All right, we went... 2-0 yesterday. We had a game go void yesterday because the Tigers in the Guardians game, I believe, got rained out yesterday. But we were able to hit our other two picks. Yesterday's lock was the under 10.5 total runs in the Mets-Cardinals game. We hit that one as well as the overrun runs in that game as the Nationals were able to beat the Red Sox yesterday. 10 Hottest team in baseball. Hey, they're playing good ball, man. They're playing great ball. Going today's picks, Orioles are back in action tonight on the Panhandle News Network. They are not only going to beat the A's, they're going to cover the run line spread of 1.5. I got the O's bouncing back, getting the win after the day of rest over the A's, at least by two runs. 
Going with the Braves to get the win over the Giants. It's Spencer Strider. I like what the Braves are doing. They look like arguably the best team in baseball. They're going to get the win. And also, preseason action tonight in the NFL. The Bears are back in action, and Tyson Bajan's probably going to be playing a good bit. So I'm taking the Bears on the money line. It's plus 175. Those are your picks for today. Orioles on the run line, Braves with the win, the Bears with the win over the Colts as well. Uh, and two more things I wanted to say really quickly before we get off the air. The WVU basketball team picked up a, a transfer commit for Noah Farrakhan. We can talk about that on Monday. I think it's good business. And Parker talked about this before the show. Buffalo Sabres broadcaster Bill Jenneret died yesterday. He was notorious, legendary for they would play back his goal calls in the arena seconds <laughs> after the goal was scored. Uh, and it's a shame that we lost a great one. He's one of the best to ever do it. Well, if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Shepherd Media Day is tomorrow. Shepherd Football Media Day is tomorrow. So keep an eye over on our Panhandle News Network, or on our EP Sports Network Twitter page uh, for updates on that. Um, but yeah, for Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. Have a good one. We will talk to you on Monday. Life is older, older than the trees. Younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.